I'm sports attorney Luke Fedlam, and welcome to the Protecting Your Possibilities podcast. Each conversation, we focus on sharing information and having conversations around how athletes can best educate and protect themselves or their life outside of their sports. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Protecting Your Possibilities podcast. I'm your host, Luke Fedlam, and I am so pumped for our guest today, Dr. Melita Moore. What is good with you? What's goody? How's everything going? Uh, life is great. I, I know it is. I know it's got to be great for you because you are one of the busiest people I know. And let me give our listeners a little bit of background. So Dr. Moore is a sports and esports medicine physician, founder of Levels Unlocked. She's an entrepreneur, business owner, and she helps athletes and gamers both on the medical and branding sides of their careers. Now that's that's a whole lot. Like like that just blows my mind when I even kind of think about that. So break that down for us. What does that mean? What do you do? Luke, what don't I do? That's <laughs> no. the question. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me on uh, your podcast. It has been uh, inspirational to listen to some of your previous uh, recordings and what you're doing is amazing. And I think you might be a little bit busier than I am. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, so what do I do? Uh, <laughs> well, as you said, I'm a sports medicine and esports medicine physician. So just a little bit of background. Uh, I've been taking care of professional athletes for over a decade. That's really my career. Wow. I'm a quadruple board certified physician. So physical medicine and rehabilitation is really like my background and then sports medicine. And then I also have a brain injury medicine certification. So concussion is really where my work was focused for most of my career and then lifestyle medicine. So I uh, currently have had the opportunity to be one of the first black female physicians in the NBA, starting yes. with Sacramento Kings back in 2011 and just kind of continued throughout this time. And uh, two years ago, I started taking care of a professional esports team and people say, what the heck is that? And, you know, two years ago, I had no idea. Mm. Uh, from the branding side, you know, we have a great company, Levels Unlocked Enterprises, and we've been around for a little over a year. And so we focus on, we are our boutique, uh, multicultural, female-owned and operated company. And we really focus on um, building brand and, and marketing opportunities in the esports, sports and health space. Okay. This, okay. We have so much, you know, usually these episodes are about 20 minutes or so. We, we're going to go over. I can tell that already. There is so much to break down just based on what you just said. And I think I want to highlight this because I think, you know, our listeners might've missed what you said when you first started talking there, that you are quadruple board certified. Like, yeah. wow. I mean, you just, you just wanted to keep getting more and more certification school, like wasn't well, enough. I mean, Luke, as you know, you know, this, our professions, you're lifelong learners That's and, it. you know, yeah. every job that I've had, you know, I was a head team physician at University of California, Davis. And so I was taking care of all 23 sports teams, uh, 12 athletic trainers reporting, you know, into me and working together. And during that time I was doing, you know, I'm covering football and yeah. because brain injury concussion is so prevalent, obviously in a lot in collegiate sports, like I said, well, why not get my brain injury uh, medicine certification? It helps to give me credibility. It gives me more knowledge. So I did that. And, you know, moving on fast forward a couple of years, you know, practicing in California, you know, we really kind of treat patients holistically. So we always are talking about, so if you're coming to my office and say, hey, I have knee pain and my arthritis, I'm still counseling on your, you know, your exercise, your nutrition, your high blood pressure, things like that. And so that's kind of what's called lifestyle medicine and now has a name to it. So I said, well, 
heck fire. Why not get a board certification in that? So you yes. can just continue, you know, your experiences, I think, help shape you and, and continue to push you to grow and to learn. And that's certainly what my experiences have done for me. That's fantastic. Now, I mean, that, that truly is awesome. So let's, let's talk esports for a little bit. I think that's something where, you know, I, I have to admit, I was really blown away and I've, I've known you for a while now. And I was blown away by the medical side, the medicine side of esports, not something that I'd even thought about. As a quick side note to all of our listeners, there's a great article in Forbes uh, about Dr. Moore. And you can just go ahead and find it. I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes so that you can easily access that article. It is amazing, but it will really open your eyes and it opened my eyes to even some of the challenges from a, a medicine perspective that come with esports. Can you just elaborate a little bit more? What, what is that? What type of medicine are you performing on gamers? And what, is, what does that look like? Yeah, so we have kind of come up with this new title called esports medicine. It is certainly very new. Um, there are not that many physicians here in the U.S. that are really kind of doing esports medicine. You know, there's one that really sticks out that I've worked with for a while. Her name is Dr. Uh, Lindsay Miglior, known as the Gamer Doc. And so, you know, she and a few others, when I was voluntold by my hospital <laughs> system at the time to take care of our professional NBA 2K league, I had no idea what esports was. I mean, of course, I know 2K, but I didn't know about esports. And esports is really professional uh, competitive video gaming. Mm -hmm. And so when they told me to take be their team physician, I said, what could a gamer possibly need a doctor for? And it's the same thing that, you know, my NBA and WNBA players said, why are you taking care of them like you take care of us? And so it's really interesting because the layers of what gamers need from a medical perspective are deep, just like you would think of any other athlete. You know, professional sports athletes, they train, meaning they're on, you know, on screen playing, strategizing 10 to 16 hours a day. Wow. You imagine if you're a basketball player and you're in the gym practicing 10 to 16 hours a day in the esports medicine space, everyone says, what, what are you treating? Carpal tunnel? Like, and it just drives me insane because that's like the least of our worries. Right. Mental health is actually a huge part of gamers mm -hmm. and gamers health. And not necessarily just because they have traditionally been known to kind of be like isolated or depression or anxiety is really more of that, like that team position, that that sports psychology part of the mental health, uh, getting in the zone, how to be a great teammate, mm -hmm. um, how to, you know, stay, be in front of a camera, you know, those kind of things where you're not used to being isolated and playing solo. So mental health is huge. Vision health is the other one that nobody ever thinks about. And so, you know, we all are on computers now. We are teleworking, distance learning. So, you know, the average corporate America worker prior to COVID is on a computer seven hours a day. So it's kind of like, you know, a gamer, you're on a screen. So vision health is huge. or something called computer vision syndrome or digital eye strain. Uh, and then we talk about kind of the sedentary lifestyle of gamers. You're sitting right. for 10 to 12 hours a day. So lack of exercise, poor nutrition, you just want to eat something quick and keep grinding. That's kind of what it's called in esports when you just keep playing, it's grinding. So we talk about that. We talk about sleep. We talk about stress management. And then we talk about like upper extremity stuff like hand pain, wrist pain, back pain. So it is comprehensive. And so the same thing, like we have the, we put together a medical team uh, at my previous hospital that was a combined of 12 specialists, 12 medical specialists. We have six players. So, you know, but this is the same level of care that we give to our NBA and our WNBA players. That is so fascinating to me um, to even just think about it. I, I hadn't thought about even the mental um, health and wellness aspect of, of things. 
And I, I can say as I sit here, um, you know, looking at a computer screen with my glasses on because this past year has wreaked havoc on my eyesight uh, being in the screen all the time. I, I can only imagine. Now, I will try to make sure that my son does not hear this interview because he'll say, well, dad, the, your friend, the doctor said that I can be on for 10 to 16 hours a day <laughs> when I'm playing Fortnite. So I'm going to have to keep that, keep him away from this episode. That's for the pros. That's for the pros. <laughs> but, but no, this is, it's, it, that's really fascinating. So, so you, you got involved in the, in this health side of working with gamers and in the esports space. How did that grow? How did it go from there? So you said, you know, you started off, you said two years ago or so, you weren't that familiar with esports. And obviously now, not only are you just in it, you are actively in it. You are helping gamers with their branding. You are on a global esports federation board globally for esports. Like, what was that transition for you, even beyond the, the medical side of gaming? What does that look like for you? Yeah. So, yeah, when someone gives me a task, I just I go to work, you know, and if you're going to ask me to do something, I do it 100 100 percent. And so when researching about what gamers would need, um, I just really saw that there was a, a void of you know medical research, a void of anyone really focusing on them. And so being asked to be part of the Global Esports Federation really has been a game changer for me. The Global Esports Federation has been founded around a little more over than a year, and we really have become the really the world's leading place to convene esports athletes federations and so having that kind of platform mm -hmm. to be not only a board member but to be the chair of the health and wellness commission has really taken me to a different stratosphere and so with that you know i'm now able work to able to work with unesco you know united nations one of their oldest foundations with unesco on some very active esports events from the branding perspective, it's a unique story, if I may tell it. Please, of course. <laughs> um, let me run it back. So um, actually with the Washington Mystics, we were in the middle of our championship run. Um, so I previously had been a team physician for the Washington Mystics, WNBA Washington Mystics. We were in Las Vegas. We had just won and we're in the locker room. And the ladies are, are teasing Ariel Power saying, oh, we know she's just going to go up and stream or she wraps her computers and bubble wrap and you know i was thinking i was like oh ariel you know are, are you a gamer she was like yeah i stream on twitch and i said oh that's cool i'm actually speaking at twitchcon next week and she was like hold on what are you doing at twitchcon <laughs> and you know twitchcon is just the, one of the biggest esports events um and from that conversation we, we sat down at that time and that was like in the like october of 2019 and she was just saying how much she has been a gamer her entire life, how she really wanted to do more in the esports space. She had noticed that I had been building my brand as a level up doctor in the esports space. And she said, you know, Melita, I would love to do more. We went on to win the championship, of course. And then she went overseas to, to play basketball in China. Last year in January, she came home. And of course, then COVID came. And so she didn't go back. And she reached out and said, Melita, hey, I'm back countryside. I want to do more in esports. Can, can you help me? She and I went to a conference in Houston in March, March 5th, 2020. And out of that came, hey, can I build a brand management company to help you know, support Ariel? I called a few of my girlfriends and said, hey, can y'all, can we do this? They said, yes. The next morning I said, Ariel, Levels Unlocked Enterprises is happy to represent you for your brand. Wow. And we have really just have received so many blessings in this past year. And, and anyone who was following esports, uh, DEI in esports, women in gaming in esports, you see Ariel Power's name. Um, and mm -hmm. our company, we're just really proud of what we've been able to do for, for her and getting her international and national sponsorships and branding opportunities, along with 
me. I'm a client of our company too. The level, you know, that's the right. And you should be with all the um, things you have going on. Absolutely. So, you know, thanks for sharing the story. I, I think it, it, it's helpful for folks to understand kind of how all of this has happened so fast for you, but it's built on a a lifetime of professional work that brought you to this place, right? It wasn't just like you just came up out of nowhere. You know, you've been you've been in this in this you know in the medical profession and in, in space and sports medicine for so long. So I have to ask though, esports. I don't talk too much about it on on the podcast, but I get involved in a lot of different conversations, especially when speaking to law students in their sports and entertainment law society and other other groups where esports will come up. And I think that that's I think esports. This is my personal opinion and from some, you know, things that I've read and, and my analysis of the industry, I think that esports is going to end up growing faster than any of our traditional sports and, and take over in ways that we can only imagine. I think that we're seeing real estate, you know, being built where instead of just using traditional arenas and trying trying to fit them to work for esports events and opportunities, I think we're starting to see some that are going to be built directly for those opportunities. I think we're seeing a lot more mainstream activities, quote unquote, mainstream sports activities, you know, kind of happening in the esports space. Where do you see esports going? Listen, Luke, if if you're not part of esports, now is the time. I mean, and, and we talk about esports, it's not in its infancy. It is as far as it being mainstream. I mean, esports right, has, right. you know, been around since the 90s, if not, you know, even earlier than that. But mainstream in here in the U.S., there are around 135 million gamers or people who represent who identify as gamers. That's usually age 18 to 34. 46 percent of those are are women. When you talk about worldwide, there's around three billion gamers. During COVID, the gaming industry has popped. I mean, if anything that has to do with gaming, it has skyrocketed during COVID. Esports, the competitive side, actually took a hit during COVID because, like you said, they are competing in person. They're selling out right, arenas, right. and so esports took a bit of a hit financially. But gaming industry is booming. So when we're talking about esports, you know there are a lot of financial opportunities for it. Like you said, there are arenas being built, and you know, Overactive Media in Toronto is getting ready to build a state-of-the-art arena just specifically for esports. We have one here in Washington D.C. This is definitely the trend that we are seeing. You know, there was an article that came out last week that for Gen Z, the Gen Zers of the world, they prefer to game over watching streaming, um, like watching mm. things like that. So that's an article that came out last week. An article that came out yesterday, this is where the game changer comes. Um, the International Olympic Committee, the IOC, announced yesterday that virtual sports will now be part of the Tokyo 2021 Olympics. Wow. <laughs> This is really, we are on the precipice. We are on the beginning of where the Olympic Committee, the IOC, is now embracing esports and they're doing it virt like in virtual sports. It's like baseball, rowing, skiing, like those yes. things. So that's kind of what we call active sports or active esports, um, which makes sense. And Global Esports Federation, we're sitting right there in the middle to be that kind of convening group to kind of help coordinate from the IOC into the esports space. So if you haven't heard about it, read about it, learn about it, it is here. And this is kind of where it is now just going to take off. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it's, it is interesting because we're seeing college, colleges have majors around esports and gaming. 
Um, we know Learfield uh, IMG got involved in creating kind of this esports e um, league, if you will, at the college level. Um, so I, we're seeing it more and more. And I, I think, you know, from my perspective, I, I think one of the biggest differences or differentiators that esports has over traditional sports is the traditional sports are, you know, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, hockey, etc. They are always trying to globalize. So we have, you know, the NBA played its game, a first game in Paris, you know, last year before COVID. Uh, the NFL for years have been doing games in London and added Mexico City a few years ago, right? To always try to grow the brand. And, and when you even think about, you know, basketball, just generally, you had this moment back in 1992 with the Dream Team and Olympics. And we said, okay, we're going to let our pro athletes in the NBA play in the Olympics and represent the U.S. Olympic team for basketball. And it was really this coming out party for the NBA on the global stage, right? Do you see kind of a, a watershed moment for esports coming? Like, is it, was it this past year of COVID and kind of quarantine? Or is there something else that you see on the horizon coming that's going to say, hey, this is going to take, you know, esports to just a whole new level? Oh, it's it's coming. You know, I think we got to we got to taste. We got to tease during COVID, you know, when the NBA shut down, all sports were shut down. We were watching NBA 2K, right. my, my team, Wizards District Gaming. We won the world championship in 2020. We were watching them play on ESPN. We were watching NASCAR. Like you were saying before, yeah. you, know, yeah. you, you were watching. I, this is what we had. We had esports to watch to help to give us that, uh, fill that void of missing the sports. So this that was a taste, at least here in the U.S., now that virtual sports is going to be part of the Olympics, now this is the movement. This is our time for esports. I think this is going to be that turning point where it's no longer saying, oh, what is it? Everyone will know. So it is coming. Back to just kind of briefly what you were talking about colleges. People will be stunned, if you don't know, that you can go to college on a scholarship, on a gaming scholarship. There are well over 100, 125 colleges just here in the U.S. that offer scholarships for gaming so yeah your son might be on there playing for right now he may get a full ride to college you know in a couple of years so it is just so interesting that right now parents need to be more educated about what gaming is you know how their kids can be involved it certainly is a great pathway to stem uh, you know there's a hbcu esports league that is out you know run, being run by ryan johnson and community which is huge there's so much curriculum that is now being brought into colleges because there's just if you think about sports Esports, it's just the exact same, the same verticals, marketing, right. uh, entertainment, law, uh, game development, music, artistry, all those things are found in esports. So when you talk about in the collegiate space, it's the same thing. You're just putting the E in front of the sport. That's right. That's right. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because the verticals, that's something that I, I've, I've been thinking about, right? Which is sharing with people this idea that just like you said, you know, there are accounting issues, there's cybersecurity issues, technology issues, there's legal issues, marketing issues. I mean, the actual player representation side and some of the work that you're doing in branding and all that comes with that. And, and, and I think it's interesting, too, because you can have gamers who are minors, who are great at what they do, but they're also minors. And it's this idea they can be a professional, but you can't sign a contract, right? It's not legally enforceable against a minor. So then, you know, parents have to be involved and parents have to be not knowledgeable on, on all of this as well. And the reason why I'm so glad that you're here and we're having this conversation is because the podcast is protecting your possibilities. And, and there are so many possibilities, I believe, in esports and gaming. I mean, just 
just even hearing about the medical side, right? And and I'm sure that we're going to start seeing, and you could probably speak to this, but I'm sure we're going to start seeing at medical school and everything where now you're going to start seeing specialties and probably certifications that are specific to the needs of gamers. You are correct. And I will be leading that charge. <laughs> um, but you know, it just even like the Fortnite winner a couple two years ago, a year ago, he was 16 years old. He won $3 million in the world Fortnite tournament. So just like you were saying, he's a minor, his, his parents now have to be involved. You know, I'm currently in the process of writing a handbook for parents on, on how to raise a healthy gamer, health-e gamer. So, but I think now part two, it might be Melita and Luke in yes. how to protect, you know, all these things around right. protecting your, your uh, commodity, which is your child, but you know, also in this competitive space. So there's just, um, this is really, you know, I never would have seen this as my career, of course. I mean, I'm a diehard clinician, tried and true. Being a sports medicine physician is what gets me out of bed every day. Mm -hmm. And now I'm talking about esports is what gets me out of bed every day. Being an entrepreneur is now what's getting me out of bed. It's just, you know, you don't know where your career is going to go. And, and it's just, um, esports has been a, a, a career changing opportunity and moment for me. And I'm just getting started. That's the scary and the best part about it. That is so exciting and <laughs> such a great place to wrap up our conversation for the day because we, you know, you and I could talk all day long. All day. And so we will definitely be having you back for more conversations. Um, but you can check out the show notes. You can find, I'll make sure we put all of her social media contact information. The article that I referenced about, um, about Dr. Moore will, uh, in Forbes will be listed in there. Melita, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Luke. So, and, and to you, our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to the Protecting Your Possibilities podcast. Thank you for your comments, for reaching out to me uh, with topics that you want to hear more about. Please do feel free to share this podcast with others in your circle. And uh, can't wait to have Dr. Moore back with us for another conversation in the future, because as you can see, she's got a lot of information and she's doing some great cutting edge work that we definitely want to share with our listeners. So again, thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. Porter Wright, Morris & Arthur LLP offers this content for informational purposes only as a service for our clients and friends. The content of this publication is not intended as legal advice for any purpose and you should not consider it as such. It does not necessarily reflect the views of the firm as to any particular matter or those of its clients. Please consult an attorney for specific advice regarding your particular situation.